Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, let's talk about employer branding. Well, in the last few years a lot of company did employer branding but the question in this episode really is what is your employer branding strategy yeah employer branding is not equal employer branding so what is your strategy on this and i would like to start first to refer a little bit to employer branding per se this episode is not about employer branding per se but in the first few minutes i would like to clarify what we are talking about and they key question to start is why should anybody be interested in working at your company that's the question about employer branding so we also could say that employer branding is the marketing side of talent acquisition it's about positioning your company as an attractive employer in the labor market that's it you tell the people look we are a great employer and this is the reason why And you give an answer to exactly this question. Why should anybody be interested in working at your company? And you sell this answer via different campaigns, videos, pictures, text, different formats, social media, YouTube, print, radio, personal conversation, and wherever. Okay? So... When building an employer brand, it's not that you just think about, oh, why should anybody be interested uh, in, in our company? And uh, okay, here is an answer. No, you must be structured. You do must do a little bit of homework, and that requires uh, a certain level of of, of reflection. So, so um, a key concept as part of employer branding is what we name the employee value proposition. In the HR community, we used to say the EVP. Uh, this is Uh, in short, the answer to this previous question. And when building an employee value proposition, that's a little bit a journey. That's a process of reflection. And what you really need to do is, is you, you first have to think about your strength as an employer. So what do you offer as an employer? Why do the people like to work in your company? And I'm going to share with you some ideas how you're going to find this one out. Okay? What are your strengths? And then, of course, you have to think about your competitors. And I do not think about the competitors in the business, but in the but the competitors in the labor market. If the people do not work with your company, uh, where do they work then? Or when people leave, 
your company voluntarily? Where do they go to? These are your competitors in the labor market. And, and they might not be too bad. So they have something to offer as well. So, so was it, what is it what, what is good with your, with your co competitors? And then you might think about, okay, you want, to, uh, you want to attract certain target groups, let's say engineering graduates, or, or let's say you want to uh, attract nurses or truck drivers or whomever. Then a good question is, are there some specific preferences these target groups share? So we should not be too stereotypic here, but but we can assume that, for instance, information scientists, computer scientists have different preferences than business graduates. Very often this is the case. Also, young people very often have slightly different preferences than older people. Uh, people might have different preferences depending on, on, on the region they live in. So there might be some specific preferences with the target groups you want to address. So when you have understood all these different factors, your strength, your competitors, your target groups, then you can define the EVP. And what is the EVP? The EVP is a combination of what you can offer and what is important to your target group and what the competitors do not have. Okay? So, in other words, your EVP then is authentic because it refers to what you really can offer. It is target group relevant because it addresses the needs of those you want to attract and it is different from your competitors. It's unique. Okay? This is what we name an employee value proposition that does not fall from the sky that is created that is carefully reflected and this is as I said I, I promise okay well that sounds a little bit vague and I don't want to highlight uh, a particular employer here uh, I don't want to give you a specific example I mean, there are many. Just visit uh, some some great companies in the world. Go to their career website and you find a lot of very good examples of how companies position and present themselves as an employer. Um, I rather would like to share with you a, a more historic example. And I came across uh, a job ad that was, that was posted at least this is what history tells us. We do not know whether this is true, but, but at least history tells us that around 100 years ago, more than 100 years ago, 1914, there was, there was a man called Ernst Shackleton, and he ran an expedition into the Arctic Ocean. And, of course, you had to hire people. And... He posted the following ad. Just listen. He wrote, Man wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful. Okay, that, that does not sound too cool so far, right? I mean, you, you might ask yourself, well, <laughs> is it that he wants to shock people? Or is it that he really wants to attract people? So, but the, the job ad goes on and he wrote then, 
Honor and recognition in event of success. I repeat it. Honor and recognition in event of success. So this is a cool job ad. This is a perfect job ad, I would say. Uh, because it's authentic, as I said. It's authentic. It's target group relevant. You you really going to attract those people you want to attract. And it's really different from all those other ads, I suppose. So let's have a look at this, um, at these words, honor and recognition in event of success. This is what we name an EVP. This is the employee value proposition. Or in other words, this is the promise to anybody who might be interested to join this expedition. Okay? So this is an EVP. Got it? So what is your EVP? What is your promise? Um, be careful what you say, okay? So, now, let's be more specific. We want to think about strategies here, right? So, let's start with a very very simple thing here. And the first thing I would like you to do is to, to, to look at uh, typical job ads. Okay, let's, let's start with job ads. And... Um, I mean, what you could do is you, you could do, you can go to, to any kind of job board in the internet and just uh, screen some, some job ads and you will find job ads that more or less look the same, I would say. <laughs> There is a kind of common structure among most job ads. Well, how are job ads typically structured? You have a general part on the top. Right, you have the job title and uh, the name of the company, probably, and some blah blah blah. Okay, and then the job ad contains a list of responsibilities. Sometimes it's named that way: responsibilities or your tasks. Or so this is this is that's that's a summary of the job description, I, I suppose. Okay. So some tasks are listed. And then along with those responsibilities, some requirements are listed. Uh, sometimes it's written your profile, your qualification, or what we expect from you. So here are a list of requirements. And this, again, probably is a part of the, of the job description. And then in the end of the job ad, you find some general information. Please apply here, uh, information about contact person. So, so that's mainly it. A general part, responsibilities, requirements, and then a general part. Okay. This is okay. This is okay when we talk about simple hiring. So now I have to refer to the previous episode. For the scenario of simple hiring, where hiring is easy because of high talent availability, this is the right way to go. So the message to the people is, look, here is a job. And before you want to apply, and we know you want to apply, and, and there are many people who want to apply, please carefully read through this job ad And once you feel that you really fit to all the requirements, and once you feel that you really can fulfill all those tasks, then you might dare to apply. This is the message of, of, of most job ads. And, and this is okay if you use job ads as a selection tool. This is a selection tool then. 
because you want that the people select by themselves uh, because you don't want to be bothered by by too many applications because any additional application uh, leads to to additional administrative effort okay so this is selection but when it comes to difficult hiring and this is the case for difficult mass hiring or this is the case for specialist hiring you you should not select you should attract i also published a, a specific video uh, on youtube on this i i, I think the title is uh, is uh, do your job ads select or attract so it's a real video uh, with, uh, with really a real video not only slides okay so When you want to attract, you do it differently, okay? You also might have a general part, of course, and then you might share a little bit the responsibility, but then what you, what you communicate in your job ad is the employee value proposition. And this one must be job-specific, or at least specific to your bottleneck function when we talk about difficult mass hiring. So the point here is not just to list all the requirements, but to list things that show the reader, look, this is an attractive job. This is what you can expect. It's not about what we expect. It's about what you can expect. Look, here's the promise. And then you, you might have also some, some general blah, blah, blah in the end. If you want to learn more about this job, go there. And, and especially for difficult mass hiring, what many companies do uh, uh, more and more is that in the general part of the job ads, they refer to a, what we name a landing page, a job-specific or role or function-specific landing page. And there you gain some job insights, you find testimonials, you find videos. So when a company is looking, let's say, for a software engineers, and, and let's assume software, engineers is, 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 uh, software engineering is a bottleneck function, uh, talk about difficult mass hiring here, then you might have a dedicated page just for software engineering telling, look, this is what the people do when they work as software engineers in our company. And, and okay, you might also refer to the responsibilities then and the requirements, but th this is not what comes first. The first thing you want to do is you first want to attract And then you want to select. And you do not start with, with selection. So, you see, this is, a, this is a strategic question. How you want to deal with something simple like, like, like job ads. And, and I, I told you in, in the previous episode uh, that job ads still play a role, of course, in difficult mass hiring. Also, when it comes to specialist hiring, uh, but in particular when it comes to simple hiring, but you do things differently. And for you, the question really is which way to go. And um, so here are two strategic statements. And one of these you might subscribe. So the first strategic statement is as follows. I read it to you. In our job advertisements, we primarily communicate the responsibilities and requirements associated with the position in question. Okay? So, do you want to go this way? Do you always want to go this way? Or do you want to subscribe another strategic statement which says, and I read it to you, in our job advertisements, we primarily provide reasons why a suitable candidate should be interested in the job. So, 
meaning you share the employee value proposition. Okay, so which is the right way to go? And I would say this depends heavily on the context. And, and uh, in this particular case, it depends on the hiring, hiring scenario. Okay, so what I would like to, to share with you here is a simple idea about employer branding per se. Because when we thought about employer branding, in the last few years, and I mean, I, I mean myself, I wrote a book about employer branding. And I, I dealt with this topic since, uh, I don't know, uh, nearly 20 years. Um, I, in the beginning, I learned that employer branding is always about positioning the employer, per se, the employer, the entire company, telling the world, look, we are a great employer. But, and, and this is okay. This is a this is a good way, but but what I what I find even more effective is not just to position you and yourself as as, as a company as a whole, but to position specific functions and to position specific jobs. So even when you tell the world, look, this is a great job, and this is the reason why you might share an employee value proposition, is that still employer branding? I would say yes. And and that might be very important. Okay? So, but now let's look at how you want to differentiate here. And this is, again, a strategic decision you have to make. Really, you have to. When you deal with employer branding, the following things uh, refer to something where you have to make a decision. And let me share with you the two options you have. The first option is that in your employer branding strategy, you want to have something like like what we name a branded house. What is a branded house? A branded house means that you have a dominating core brand, right? For the entire company. You have one big core message. Why anybody should be interested in working in your company. So you position yourself as a whole, okay? Globally, maybe, okay? Um, and then you might have some minor differentiation when it comes to specific countries, specific function, but they are just minor. So you might say the biggest advantage of work with your company is that you make the world a better place. I know a lot of pharmaceutical companies who position themselves this way. We make the world a better place. Okay, this is the overall message. That's the overall purpose, promise. And this, is, this message is something that you find everywhere on the career website, on the job ads, on the YouTube videos, on print, wherever. But when it comes to a very specific country or a very specific division you might add something something specific which does not deviate too much from your core brand okay so this is little differentiation in a branded house the other way to go means that you have uh, a less dominating core brand yeah 
uh, maybe an employee value proposition that you share among the entire company, among all division, among among all subsidiaries, among all functions. But then when it comes to specific divisions, when it comes to specific functions, specific jobs, then you are very differentiated. And it could be that the employee value proposition for one function is a completely different employee value proposition than, than the EVP for another function. And you find this okay. Okay? And, and, and you cannot do both. <laughs> you cannot do both. Yeah? Well, the later one we call a house of brands, saying we do not have one overall employer brand. We have many depending on the division, countries, and functions. So, here are the two strategic statements. Just to summarize, uh, the first strategic statement goes towards a more general EVP, saying our employee value proposition represents us as one employer to all relevant target groups. We have only one core proposition to which we are fully committed. That sounds good, right? That sounds good, yeah. But, you know, the other statement also sounds good. This is more differentiated. Saying, we have developed a separate employee value proposition for each critical target function because we have to reach heterogeneous target groups. A single proposition would not, justice, would not do justice to diversity. Okay, this is the differentiated view having many EVPs all in once. And again, you cannot do both. You have to make a decision. At this point, I would like to share with you some practical recommendations because I consider employer branding as being something so, so important as part of talent acquisition. And the question is, How can you do this? How can you practically work towards an employee value proposition? And here is a piece of advice for all those of you who practically work in talent acquisition. So the question is, how can you understand what is really strong about your company as an employer? And, you know, in the last Many years, I've seen many approaches. I've seen companies that run uh, questionnaires, uh, surveys using questionnaires, structured questionnaires. I, of course, also know these uh, employee surveys. Uh, you, you might do focus group workshops and whatever. And what you get at the end is a, is a, is a stack of, of data and I really think that when you work in employer branding, you you primarily primarily should work with qualitative data because you really have to understand. Um, so here is a very simple practical technique that you might use. I mean, there are many, but if you ask me about one technique, so this is the one I would recommend. So I call this job attraction interview. You run job attraction interview. Then you want to hire software engineers. Just pick out some of the software engineers you already have in your organization. If you want to hire nurses, talk to some nurses in your organization and ask them just one or two questions. That's all. Really, that's all. You, you must not ask 20 questions. Just ask one question. And the question might be, would you recommend a friend to work here? If yes, 
Please name three strong reasons why. Okay, <laughs> very simple. Tell me why you like to work here. Give me three reasons. Or uh, as an alternative, you also could ask, give three strong reasons why any talented, suitable and ambitious person is supposed to work at your company or do this job. You might ask this question to a, to a line manager. A line manager wants to hire people. Okay, ask this job. Give three strong reasons why any talented, suitable and ambitious person is supposed to work at your company. Okay? Just, just one, this, this, this one, these one or two questions. And, of course, when you ask this question, you might get responses like, Oh, uh, well, I like to work here because uh, it's a nice team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I can develop new things. Mm, nice. Or I can learn a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice team. Create new things. Learn a lot. Okay. As an interview, you write this down, of course. But now the things start. Now comes the real question. Now you have to dig deeper, really. Like, like a therapist, you ask, what do, what do you concretely, concretely mean by this reason? Nice team. Give me a real example demonstrating this reason. Yeah? What did you create new things? What did you create yesterday? What did you create in the last few months? Or related to this reason, give me proofs. Stories, situations. You tell me that you learn a lot? Okay, give me proof. What did you learn? Tell me. Now we have 20 minutes just to talk about your learning. I, I want to understand it. I want to feel it. And anyway, why do you consider this reason as being so special? Nice team. Why is that so special? I, I don't get it. Yeah, you really have to dig deep, and 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 stare into the employee's eyes and ask, okay, yeah, well, why, why? Give me hints. I don't understand. And you listen, listen, listen. This is, in my eyes, the task of an employer branding specialist. Really, to listen. I know that this part now is not about not about strategy so much. This is now very practical advice, but but. But as I said, I consider it as, as, as very, 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 very important. So, so here are some some additional practical advices I would like to give to you. Um, they they really can help. So rule number one is assume the job in question is the most boring job in the world. Then you actively find the proof for being wrong. Really, I, I did I did job attraction interviews many times in the last few years. And when I talk to people, engineers, nursing, truck drivers, teachers, doctors, uh, garbage men, whoever, I, 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 I say this in the beginning. I say, hey, I believe that your job is the most boring job in the world. That, that sounds a little bit embarrassing in the first place, I know. But then I say, okay, but now you have one hour time to, to prove that I'm wrong. And I will not make it too easy for you. So please uh, uh, don't tell me things. I, uh, I, I, will, I will challenge you. I really want to understand the reasons why this, this might be an attractive job. But in the first place, as a default setting, I don't believe you. 
okay? And, and, and here's the advice number two. You have to consider the learned expectation level of the interviewees. When you talk to, when you talk to engineers and they say, well, I can create new ideas. Okay, you ask, what ideas? When did you uh, uh, come up with a, with a new idea? What happened to the idea? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> and then the engineer might say, well, in the last, last 12 months, I once had the chance to share an idea. I said, okay, in the last 12 months, you shared one idea and you find this cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Very special because in the company I worked before, I was not allowed to share any ideas. But, but this year, I really shared an idea. Okay, you shared one idea in the entire year. Okay, you cannot share ideas here. So, I mean, but people have different expectations level. And, and, and we know this from psychology that people get adapted to their, to their environment and they get used to their environment. So once people say, wow, this is so cool here, don't believe. Don't believe in the first place. Yeah? They might be just adapted to something which is very poor. Also, the opposite very often is true. Um, I found so many, so many cases in the last few years where people told me about, about things they, 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 they consider as being normal, but they aren't. So I remember one company where somebody said, well, we can create new things. And I say, okay, this is something I hear very often. You can create new things. But what did you create? And then the people say, well, oh." Uh, Every day we create new things. So last week uh, uh, we had an idea and then we sat together. Uh, we talked about with people from different departments and we created a concept and then we invested some money on this and we made the idea really big. And uh, so and you just did, just did it that way without asking the supervisor, no, 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 why should we? I mean, we have all the freedom to create ideas all the time, you know, from morning to evening. Really? So, and... And you find this normal, yeah, 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 this is the way how it is here. <laughs> and, and you feel as an interviewer, wow, here is something great. But the people do not realize that they work in a paradise. Right? So also in this direction, um, you, 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 you must listen carefully. Yeah? And as an employer branding specialist, one thing you must be is you must be deeply curious about the job. Um, I recently met an uh, HR manager who really had trouble in finding truck drivers. I know I use this example very often, truck drivers, I like it. <laughs> so he said, well, we have to hire so many truck drivers and it's a real bottleneck function, difficult mass hiring, you know. And, and so I, I, I was really curious what it is to be a truck driver. So I spent three days with a truck driver. So I traveled around with a truck driver for three days, did nothing else than just shadowing, uh, shadowing one of the truck drivers. I, in the night, I stood with him in the car. I mean, that was amazing. And after these three days, I really learned why the truck driver could never imagine to do anything else than being a truck driver. And, and you don't get this by sharing questionnaires. You must be curious. Really. And uh, here is the next advice. You constantly must try to dig for stories emotions and evidences. I already mentioned this uh, in, in certain ways. 
You have to ask, ask, ask. Give me a proof. Give me a situation. When did this happen? When did you learn something? When was the team nice? How does this mean nice? What do you do to be nice? How did you feel today that your team is nice? Okay, they gave you flowers on birthday and made a big surprise party. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you have to find proof, stories. The stories, the emotions... The anecdotes, the situations, the evidences. This is the food. This is the material the employee value proposition is made of. Okay, so you better search for them. And you do this so long until you get goosebumps. Really, when, when I did uh, job attraction interviews in the last few years, um, I always tried to get this feeling. And... Sometimes it happened and sometimes it did not. So I talked to an engineer, I talked to a teacher, I talked to a salesman and I talk, talk, listen, ask, and but nothing happens inside of me. But sometimes something happens. So I talked to a salesperson and a salesperson tell me, you know, last year uh, we really fought hard for, for a particular deal. That was the toughest deal in my life. And he tells me about this deal and his story and how he fought and, 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 and all the obstacles and things. And then a little bit with tears in his eyes, he, he told me. And then, you know, one evening I got this call from the customer and he said, John, John, okay, we're going to sign the deal. We're going to do it. going to do it. I hang up the phone. I cried. You know, I cried. And in this moment, in this particular moment, After a month of hard work, I realized why I do this job. My God, this was a magic moment. You feel it. You feel it. If you don't feel it, you don't get it. Okay? Because at the end, what you have to, what you, what you have to communicate with your employee value proposition are also feelings. Okay, so in other words, you as an employer branding specialist, you must be what I would name an employer or a job whisperer. You know, horse whisperer. These are people who deeply understand horses instantly. So as an employer branding specialist, you better understand the jobs. You understand the employer deeply. And if you want to do so, it's really helpful that you have some theories in mind. Uh, so... So as an employer branding specialist, you must be familiar with leadership theory, you must be familiar with with cultural theory, you must you must be familiar with human resource management. Yeah? You must understand what collaboration means. You must understand what 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 what's the meaning of work. You must understand the different factors of job satisfaction or or, or passion. So and if you don't understand this, you are like like uh uh You must be like a doctor who has who asks a specific question, not just by chance, but because you have a theory in mind and you have a picture in mind and you have a structure in mind that guides you into certain directions. So these are some practical advices I, I wanted to share with you. I know it's not those so those strategic. The only the only strategic dimension here is whether you want to really go for quali qualitative insights, real insights, yeah, or whether you want to go for more statistical, quantitative insights. 
Um, I don't see this so much as an option because I, 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 if you ask me, I have a clear preferences. I, I, I couldn't hide it here. Uh, I, I really, uh, maybe also because I'm a psychologist, but, but really I, 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 I deeply recommend to go for qualitative data, going for the way to listen, ask, and understand. But in the end of this episode, I would like to share with you a, a final strategic dimension which is absolutely key and this strategic dimension uh, reminds me about a situation I once had with a CEO of a very big uh, automotive company so I had one hour with a CEO and having one hour with a CEO of a large company it's, it's uh, a good experience a very smart man I must say very very smart so so I was there with the uh, CHRO and I asked him the question um Well, what is one of your, what are your strategic priorities in HR? <laughs> They're a very fundamental question. <laughs> what are your strategic priorities when it comes to HR? So he pulled a little statistics. This was just one piece of paper. And he showed me a graph. And on this graph, all the automotive players in Germany were shown. All the place. I mean, you know all these brands, you know, BMW, Porsche, Daimler, Bosch, and all this uh, Continental, and it goes on. There are a lot of automotive suppliers, which might not be so well known. So, and this company was an automotive supplier, which was not so well known. And in this graph, there was indicated how much a company is known in the public and how much a company is liked in the public. And of course, those brands like Porsche are known in the public and liked in the public. So they are in the top right corner of this graph. You, you can imagine this. So he showed me the dot in this graph of his company. And we, we could see from this statistic that this company was not so much known in public. But those who know the company, they like it very much. So he took a pen And on this graph, he draw an arrow from left bottom corner, not so well known, well liked a little bit, to we will be well known and we will be liked by everybody. The CHRO, who sat beside me, got pale. And we instantly thought, okay, you want that your company is known by everybody? And liked by everybody in public? Do you really want to do this? Can you imagine how much this costs? Do you really want this? Do you really want to become the visible, shiny superstar in the market? Do you really want this? Okay, this is one strategic uh, direction you, you can go. Gonna be expensive, but you can decide for this. If you decide for this, go for this. But don't be surprised, that's going to be much work. So the strategic statement behind this, this, this uh, strategy is we want to be known and liked as an attractive employer in the labor market as a whole. Basically, everyone should want to work for us. I mean, this is a nice sentence. Doesn't it sound great? Wouldn't every, bar, every CHRO like to subscribe this sentence? Yeah, basically everyone should want to work for us. Being a kind of a Google, you know, 
Everybody wants to work there. Wouldn't that be great? Yes, of course, this would be great. This would be great. But if you are a hidden champion, and most good companies are hidden champions, think about all the mid-sized company, the small enterprises. Do you really want to be liked by everybody? Can you afford this? I mean, seriously. Um, so, to most to most employers I'm I'm working with, I say, well. I, probably this is not what you want. Probably this is not something that you can afford. So an alternative strategy might be the following. It means to be focused on target groups. And the strategic statement uh, would go like this. We do not want to be attractive to everyone at all. Only with certain selected target groups do we want to appear on the radar as an attractive employer. You see the point? We don't want to be liked by everybody. Why should we? Not everybody must know us. It's not necessary. But you know, there are some specific target groups, graduates of, of, uh, in specific fields maybe, or specific people in the region. They should know us. But not everybody. Not everybody must know us. Why should we? I mean, that would be a waste of money. Okay? And we know exactly which people are supposed to know us. We know exactly. And there are just a few. And we want that these people, that they have us on their radar. Okay? And this is what we, what we want to make sure. This is a kind of minimal, invasive measurement. Right? Very focused to the point, very targeted. And this is another way to go. Okay, which one is right? Which one is right? In, in, in you know, this strategic decision must be made. Uh, really. And uh, both sides make sense. Could make sense, I must, must say. And both sides sound good, but which one is the right one? That's the question. So, again, this is one dimension which is relevant when it comes to your employer branding strategy. Okay? So, that was employer branding. And um, in the next two episodes, we're going to talk about sourcing strategies. Uh, employee referral programs, talent communities, and all these nice things, active sourcing. Yeah, going to be very interesting. So, thanks for listening and see you then. Mm-hmm.